0: Welcome to session two. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's always an interesting session because you have to pretty much regurgitate what you've done before. and it's, it's, always, it's not easy. <laughs> Amen. But the Holy Spirit is here. Amen. So I just want you to give me your attention for just a few minutes. As we hear the word. Um, So, we had our camp meeting this past week. It was a virtual camp, and I hope that one way or another we were all able to participate because the words and power that was released this week, it wasn't easy. Amen. And if you had been paying attention, you have been listening and you have allowed yourself to absorb so that you will be changed by it. I can guarantee you that your life will not be the same. Amen. Amen. Powerful men and women of God came and they spoke knowledge, they spoke wisdom, they spoke out of their heart, and they spoke to the youth. Amen. Um, today's message is about um, the youth because I found out that I was supposed to preach about the youth. <laughs> I had to like change things up, but Amen. Two. Two. We need a proper sound technician back there. <laughs> we really do. Amen. Um <clears throat> there's a message, especially when there you know, sometimes you wonder why it is that um camp meetings, why do we always have like these old people always the ones who are speaking and the ones who are talking. Why don't we get like a lot of these hip, young ministers to come in, you know, ginger us up and all that. But there's a certain knowledge that comes with old age. There's a certain knowledge that comes with experience and having been there before. You know, that it is only someone who has been there that can let you know. Amen. And if you had heard um, Dr. Kujo's message, he was talking about being prepared. And these are people who have gone through and they have been prepared. They have experienced. Look, a young minister can come and tell you something that they haven't experienced before. It's easy for me to stand here and preach to you about something that I haven't physically seen or haven't experienced before. But then it comes alive when someone tells you of their personal experience. They tell you of something that they have seen before. Something that they have been through. Something that has Impacted their lives personally and they are telling it to you. It makes more of an impact. And that's what we experienced this week with um, our bishop, Dr. Kujo. Presiding bishop, Dr. Kujo. And then uh, all the other bishops who spoke to us. And then the apostle from our branch in the UK. Amen. So... Minister Aikens is going to make all those messages available. (laughs) But he told me you're going to, so I'm just announcing it. Amen. (laughs) He has already sent me some. And so um, when he puts it up, please just take time and just listen to the messages. Use a part of your quiet time or whatever. And um, your life will not be the same. Amen. Today, I want to speak on one of the most common verses in the Bible Um, I initially wanted to pick that verse and then use it as a way to talk to you about something else. But um, the Lord led me to take the whole thing into context. Um, Sometimes context matters. Amen. You read the book and then the context of the book is where the message is. Amen. And so we are taking our scripture. That's our key scripture is Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1. And um, I'll give you a little background on the book of Ecclesiastes Um, it was written by King Solomon and he writes it, um, not as his words, but he's writing as a word of a preacher. So when you start reading the book from the beginning, he introduces to you someone who he calls the preacher. Amen. And the preacher is the one who is going to dissect all the information that he's supposed to, and what you call it, send over to you. And, um, so if you read Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 9, it says that besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. Amen. So he's talking about the preacher and how carefully he has prepared the words that he's, he's, he's writing to you. And so this actually also refers to the book of Proverbs because it was the same author. Amen. So it's like, I'm not just speaking words to you as, my, as a king or as your king. I'm speaking them to you as a preacher. Because these are carefully curated words. These are words that are supposed to convey a certain message that I, in my capacity as a king, cannot convey. Amen. So this is me, in all my wisdom, as a preacher, giving this information to you. Amen. Now... Solomon was a very interesting character because he had been through it all. He had experienced everything that the world had to offer. He had experienced, he was born into a royal family. He had experienced wealth. He had experienced riches. He asked God for remarkable wisdom and God gave it to him. And so his wisdom was unparalleled. Like you haven't seen anyone as wise as him. And he ruled over a long period of peace in Israel. Amen. But then along the line, he decided to go and get women. And so he had, he had women. He had 700 wives. Ah, so 700 wives, then the side chicks were 300. Amen. You know, there's something interesting about like rich men and power. When you get to that point, you know, everyone thinks that when they become rich and they have power and the power has been given to them, they will use it for good. And their moral compass will still be straight, but... You easily get corrupted when you get power, when you have power in your hand. You know? And like you don't even have to go far. Look at our leaders. Look at our leaders. Then you have like these foolish girls on the internet calling you papa no an ex-president. Can you imagine? You know, going back and forth, insulting each other. And you ask, like, where did this moral decay? Where did it begin? Where did it start? No, where they all have to have Side chicks and side girls, you know, and this is the the this is the example that they are setting for the younger generation. This is the example that they are setting for younger people. Amen. But then you look at Solomon and then you understand that it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Because even he who started off as someone who knew Christ, who who knew God, who was intimate with God, he ended up falling. You know, to the point that because he had so many wives, because he had so many concubines, their their religions also affected his beliefs. Their religions affected the way he did his things, the way he approached life, the way he looked at the purpose um, and the meaning of life. Amen. And so, this book in Ecclesiastes is him when he's in his old age, because when you read from the beginning, he describes himself as an old man and he's looking back at his lives. His life and all the the lessons that he has learned, he is writing it down. Amen. So that the young people will be able to see and learn from it. Amen. This is him writing in his regret, you know, at the, the, the choices that he made in life. And based on that, he's trying to portray, he's trying to give a message. Amen. Amen. So there are three themes in this book, um, in uh, what you call it, the book of Ecclesiastes. And um, the first one is about time and the march of time. So we are all going forward into our demise. We are all eventually just passing through. That's why the message, we are not citizens of this age. We are so See, This is where it makes sense because we are just passing through. There are people who have passed through. There are people who have walked this place, this same place that we are standing, when it was a forest. The animals that have walked here, that have gone and passed. Amen. If you read Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 2, it says, It is the same for all. Sorry. Ecclesiastes 1, 3, and 4. It's like, What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. All your suffering, all your toil... Everything that you are working for, everything that you are striving for, everything that you are struggling for, he says, go and stand on top of a mountain and then just look at it. Eventually, it is all going to go away. You yourself are going to go away, but the mountain that you are standing on is going to remain. There will be another man who will come and stand on that mountain and he will look reflecting, the same reflection that you reflected. He says, there's nothing new under the sun. Amen, you don't remember the people from a long time ago. look, someone can die two months he has been forgotten even a president can die. exactly they are gone. <clears throat> you know they worked this- and nobody remembers them this This world has been in existence you can't even re- you can't even like imagine how long and people have passed through, people have passed through, people have passed through, people have passed through. The time that you have on this earth, it is so insignificant compared to how long the earth has been in existence. And it will continue to be here after you are gone. That is the first theme. That is something that is a, is a theme in the book of Ecclesiastes. Amen. Number two is death. Death comes for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you have acquired, what you have accrued. Chapter 9, verse 2. He said, it is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. Good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who, stands, who shuns an oath. So, look, it doesn't matter how much you have acquired. It doesn't matter how good you are to this brother um, writes it doesn't matter um how popular you are, it doesn't matter if you have a whole bay hive. We are all going to die. Amen. I know it's very morbid is <laughs> but it's it's a fact of life. Amen. You know, there are people in this world right now, they are trying their best to try and figure out how to extend life and how to slow down the aging process and, and all that. There's actually, like, science that is going on. Hardly trying to um, find, they call it the fountain of youth. Amen. If you know, there's a guy called uh, Raymond uh, Keswell. So, you know, his father is the one who started the Keswell line of keyboards. And um He's a futurist. And I watched this documentary with this guy, Charlie. He is so convinced that years down the line, a few years down the line, in his lifetime, we are going to find a solution to death. And so we'll we'll slow down decay. And so this man goes around life, um, what you call investing in all these technologies. He is, if you see the number of pills that he takes in a day, drinking tea regularly, just trying to keep himself alive for when that time comes when human beings will die slower than they're already dying. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. But no matter what you do, death will come for you. Amen. Amen. Theme number three. He said, Life's random nature. Amen. Chapter nine, eleven to twelve. It was like, Again, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time. Like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. Suddenly. You can't predict life. You can't predict what is going to happen to you. Amen. These are, it, it just happens. It happens that. You, where were you born? Yes, where? Yeah, I mean like which town? Accra. Oh, okay. It, that you were born in Accra and you weren't born in Chicago. Amen. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about the family that you were born into. Amen. It is just... You just happen to be born into, is, is, why aren't you a royal? Eh? <laughs> amen. But we are who we are, amen. And it, it, it doesn't matter what you have, it doesn't matter who you are. Things happen to people. Amen. So you are seeing someone like this today, tomorrow, something different will be, would have, may, may have happened you. It could be good, it could be bad. But there's nothing that you can do about it. Because that's how life is. Amen. You can be the best. Look, who uh, it thought that uh, <clears throat> Miles Monroe was just going to pass away like that? Who saw it coming? And it wasn't even like he just died by himself. He had like some of his family with him. This is a man of God who had been doing exploits. Great things. But that's life. And that's what Solomon is telling us. Now, exactly. And then um, um, Casey, we were all here. We went through that situation where we had to move from here to L.O.F. doing our, what do you call a bride's uh, birthday thing. He sang powerfully over there. We spoke. We are happy. I was telling him how we are going to invite him over here. Then less than two months later, he's gone. Amen. Oh, please respond. I know that is... (laughs) Amen. But that is life. You can't control it. You think that you know, but you don't know. Amen. And that is what he's talking about, about life's random nature. He said in life, everything is hevel. The Bible says it's meaningless when you look at the translations, but meaningless. The hevel over there, the Hebrew word hevel... It means it's vapor or it's smoke. It changes form. So you see it in one way today. Today you'll be seeing bright sitting here. Next time you might see him, he's standing on an international stage ministering. Amen. Amen. So he's one form today. Before you know it, he has changed into something else. Vapor, smoke. That's how it is. And you see it physical. You think that you can touch and grab it and hold it. But it's not... You can't. It just escapes through your hand. Amen. So you can't understand it. You can't really like study it. You can't really know exactly what it is made up of. Amen. Amen. Then after that, you have being filled in a room full of smoke, being surrounded. It's very difficult to see or vapor. You know, it's almost like fog. You can't see when the fog comes right now. I don't know, how, but it <clears> Then <throat> when the fog comes, they will tell you your. Um, your, 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 your level of visibility so you can see only 30 meters ahead and things when you go to the weather channel you get all that information we don't have a lot of fog here so it's fine but you'll be able to see clearly amen and that's what he's talking about that's the heaven, amen that is, the, that is how he describes life so it's not that life is meaningless it's just life you can't really understand it amen Amen. Amen. And so, it was based on this, that he wrote the chapter 12, which is the final chapter. It was just a concluding chapter. That's how he has given you all these themes and how life is so unreasonable. And um, he, he goes down and he says that, this is my concluding chapter, chapter 12. And then the first thing that he mentions in chapter 12, verse 1, he was like, remember your creator in the days of your youth. This is a man who has seen it all. He had experienced it all. He had, he had, there's nobody where enjoy for here, Pastor Solomon. And it's a fact. There's nobody here. And in his old age, he comes and he says that, look, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Amen. Remember your creator in the days when you have the strength, when you have the ability to do something for him, when you have some ability to 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 work, strength. So that's when you should remember because he is your creator. Amen. Amen. I was saying that there's there's always there's a hole in your heart that you always have to feel like you have to fill when you are a young person. We are all searching for meaning. We are all trying to. Make something of our lives. We are all trying to make something of this world that we are in. This time that we have been given. This 70 plus years. God, what am I to do with it? How am I supposed to live? Is it, so is it that I just passed through 70 years and then that's it? Then what next? Amen. Amen. He said that there's a hole, and when we when we get to a certain point as young people, when we get to a certain point, me, yeah, I remember, I remember very clearly, Charlie, when I was in university, I was I was I was thinking about these things, deep, 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 deep thoughts about the meaning of life. You know, sometimes you go through life, you see people living it, and it's as if they know they know where they are going, they know what they're about, but that's not the case. Amen. So we are trying to, so then we see, we, we, we start pursuing satisfaction for this thing that is in our heart, you know. And we are trying, so we try to fill it with money, with power, with influence, um, with popularity, job, wealth, pleasure. All these kinds of things just to fill that void that we feel. you know. It's just like, maybe if I become more popular. Maybe if I get that great job and I'm doing it and I'm making all this money, maybe it will all make sense. Amen. But Solomon is saying that there is a creator and he's the one that you have to remember because that hole in there is for him to fill. Amen. It is for him to fill. This place is quiet though. Or is it because they stopped service down there? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's for him to feel. Amen. But you see, man was separated from God when Adam and Eve, they fell. And constantly, there's that attraction. You know, the attraction is still there. God is yearning. He still wants because he knows that he created us for himself. Amen. He created us in his image. He created us for himself. And so, like that thing is still there. It has to be filled. And God is, he's reaching out. He has been reaching out since they sinned. From that point in time, he has been reaching out. Everything that has been, um, what you call it, that has occurred from the time of Adam all the way to Abraham, to, um, what you call it, um, to Jacob and all his uh, descendants. All of them all the way down through the line of David. Up unto Jesus Christ, it was God reaching out, Amen. And so He sends His Son to come and die for you and I. So that when we believe in the work that Jesus Christ did, and we accept Him and we start walking in the ways, in the, in the in the in the commandments, and 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 walking in the statutes of God, then you see that that hole starts to be filled because you know it's like putting a emoji call it a, <clears throat> they call it putting a square peg in a round hole when you are trying to fill those things, that, 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 that place with money and material things and things that you see in the world, it's not fit for purpose. It's only God. So it's made for God. And he's the only one who can fill. And then when you fill this, that is when the relationship with all these other things start falling in line. That's when the money that you are using, you use it sensibly. The popularity that you have use it sensibly. The job that you have, use it sensibly. The pleasures, you pleasure sensibly. Amen. So then your relationship with these things, now they make sense because God has come and he's the center of it. He's, he's at the heart of everything. No pun intended. Amen. Amen. So that's what Solomon is saying. He has chased all these things. He has chased all the money. He has chased all the wealth. He has gone to other gods, trying to seek um, what you call it—the meaning of life. He has gone with several women. By the end of the day, the only thing that he finds can fill that void is your Creator. But then he says, "Remember him in the time of your youth, in the days of your youth." Before the evil days come, and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before you grow old. Before the bones are weakened. Amen. Let's read um, 12, let's read 2 to 6. And says, before the sun and the light, and the moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men are bent... And the grinder sees because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the streets are shut. When the sound of grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bed, and all the daughters of the song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desires fail. Because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken and the pitcher is shattered or at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. It's very poetic. The description of old age. These are the words of, that's how white, wise people write. Amen. That's how, that's how white, wise people, you have to decode it. Amen. That's how Jesus, you know that Jesus, even the disciples went, sometimes they'll pull him aside after he has preached and explain it to us. Amen. So what's he trying to say? He said, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, you are not as sharp as you used to be. Let me tell you, what's seven times eight? (coughs) amen now you're not able to compute it anymore mental faculties gone low amen when when you have a hard time remembering certain things it's like have you seen my phone have you seen my phone Where's my phone? Or well, some of them, the phone will be here. Have you seen my phone? Go and bring me my phone. My dad has done it to me before, so I know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> so, hey, if you go and bring my phone, and the phone was, <laughs> it was talking to someone on the phone. Amen. So that's, that's what he's talking about old age, when you are not as sharp anymore. Amen. So in the day when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong are bent. The keepers of the, the house, your arms, your legs. And the strong are bent, your knees. Where is your kotoje? <laughs> Amen. When your kotoje doesn't work anymore, the way it's supposed to. When you have eyesight issues. So it's like, um, okay, well, first he said, and the grinders seize because they are few when your teeth start falling out, you know, they cease because they are, now you have to consider how you chew. <laughs> which, which, which side can I put the bone so I can get the, the marrow? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we'll all get there. That's the truth. You know, and that's what he's saying. Eventually, we are all going to get there. Amen. And he was like, and, uh, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the streets are shut. So when windows are dimmed, it means your eyes, like you can't really see well anymore. And it's like when the sound of the grinding is slow. So the grinding is going on, but you can't really hear it very well. Amen. Then he was like, um, they're also afraid to, um, um, of what is high. And so you're you, you afraid of heights. You don't want to be climbing stairs by heart when you're old. Like people try even climb into like a bathtub and they end up breaking their hips and at a certain age that's it. Amen. Then he talks about the almond tree blossoming, the gray hairs. Amen. Rev, you see, he has he has conveniently shaved his head, <laughs> so we we can't see the gray. But you see, you can see the gray in my beard. But we we are still young. We are in our early 30s now, amen. He was like, Remember, God, in the days of your youth, before this time comes, when all these things you can't see well, you can't hear well, you know, um, you can't think properly, the strength in your bones is all gone, amen. And then, verse 7, he says, And the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it vanity of vanity says the preacher all is vanity amen so unless you remember your creator in the days of your youth everything else that you are using your time for is vanity amen Then verse 11 to 13, it's like, The words of the wise are like goods, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd, my son. Beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there is no need, and much study is the weariness of the flesh. All you need to know is the word of God. Look, you can spend all your time reading all the books, all the great books in the world and everything like that, right? But it is the word of God. That's what comes to goad you. It directs you. Amen. And it it puts you in a firm place. Amen. It says that they are like nails firmly fixed. Firmly fixed. You You have a foundation where you can seek all these other things. You have a foundation where you can move according to all these other things. Once you have that foundation in place, your relationship with all these things fall in line. And so he's looking back at his life and he was like, why did I neglect that foundation? Why did I neglect that foundation? Where he was, he, was, he, was, he, was, um, he was coerced by these women to follow other gods, to find meaning in other places, in the pleasures of life. Amen. And this is what he was saying. He was like, the end of this matter... This is, um, I think this is 13. It's like the end of this matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Amen. It's like the end of all this is fear God and keep his commandments. Amen. Fear God and keep his commandments. And I pray, and I hope that as you are listening to this thing, like, you don't just listen, but then you actually go and put it into practice. You know, where you are, you're actually like actively seeking God, seeking after him in your youth. You don't wait to, you know, some people think that maybe when they wait and then they make the money, then they'll start giving their tithes. Or um, maybe when they finish, um, what do you call it, um, Achieving in their workplace, then they'll have time, maybe they've started their business, to be able to come here and come and serve in the house. Or they want to make it for themselves first before they think about their neighbor, to give something to the neighbor, to help someone who is in need. Yes, before, yeah, exactly. They want to make all the money before they think of getting married. As for this marriage team, they, 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 <laughs> they, 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 they come meeting, it was, it was there, laced inside. Marriage, marriage, marriage. And they were like, it's for us. <laughs> Amen. So we have to remember him. The, the preachers in the Wajikon and Camp Meeting, they used several people. Several young, powerful uh, men of God. Daniel, Joshua, David, Caleb, you know, all these people that God used mightily. In their, in their, in their, when they were young, when they had strength, you know. When they had the ability to do battle, to go to war, you know, to actually lead people, to direct people. When they had the ability to move, mobility. He called them while they were young. Amen. So don't, don't look down on yourself. Maybe you think that I'm too young right now. I'll wait when I'm older and I have, um, what do you call it, much more sense or whatever. Do it right now. Right now. Now, now, now. This is the time. It was like, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before those old days come, remember him now. It's interesting because we live in a society where um, people don't really regard young people and their ideas. If you look at all the people in parliament and all, you only have a handful of young people. Um, They just, everyone is just old. Because when you're old, you're wiser. But there have been, Solomon, wise at a young age, pray to God for wisdom. Amen. Uh, unfortunately, that's how our society is, you know. And even uh, what do you call it? in the time of David, when he went to the war, Rev preached about this, you know. And when he went to the war, they, they didn't believe that this small boy, you know, can come and stand against a, a mighty warrior, an experienced warrior, and they had experienced warriors in the ranks of the uh, of the uh, Israelites. But they were all scared. But this young man came in He was like, no, I can't do it. He looked at the situation and sometimes you have something burning inside you, something that you want to do, but someone has said something to you and because of that, you have given up. You don't want to do it, I won't do it again. Or they have discouraged you completely because you are too young or you are not able to do it because of your age. It's a society that we live in. I don't know if you, um, any of you have read this book. Um, <clears throat> it's called *The Outliers* by Malcolm Gladwell. Very, very great book. And in it, there's uh, this description that he gives. He calls it the power distance. So there are societies that have like a high power distance, and there are some that have a low power distance. So a high power distance would be a place like Ghana, where you always have to revere the people who are older than you, or the people who are above you. So hey, bossu, my senior honorable they don't call anybody honorable in the u.s congress what are you honorable for you see and then in the 1990s in the late 1990s they, they realized there was this airline korean air that was they were they were having an unusual high rate of um, what you call it, plane crashes and so they went into it to go and investigate because other airlines weren't having as many air crashes as the Korean air. They went in to go and investigate and they realized that the reason why that was is because Korea has a very high um, rate of, a high power distance, it's a high power distance culture. And so the, the people who are ahead of you or who, who are older than you or who have more experience than you, they are always right. And so you, are, you always have to defer to them. And but in the plane, when you are flying, you have a pilot and a co-pilot. So usually the pilot who is the captain is the one who is the the senior, and then you have the co-pilot. But you are both, the plane is designed so that the two of you communicate together to be able to get to the destination. But because of the power distance, because the, the, the co-pilot doesn't have a voice, doesn't have a voice like the pilot, he's afraid to voice his opinions when something should be done or something shouldn't be done, but it's being done. And so, they realized that this was the situation. But when you come to a place like the United States where the power distance is low, it doesn't matter how young you are. If what you have to say is sensible, they will listen to you. So, um, So that's what they found. And I feel like that's what we are having, especially in these times. Because, are. You know, but as a young person, that thing that you have in you, you still have to hold on to it. You still have to, because there's a reason why God has put it there. Amen. I'm just going to end here, but just remember that you have to remember your creator in the days of your youth. When you are young, when you are able, when you have the strength in your bones, before the gray hairs start appearing before you lose your hearing, before you lose your eyesight. Because all these things, eventually, they come. And we, are, we all have to face the fact, if you are talking to people who are now older, they are facing their mortality now. And they all wish that they had done even more than they did. But we have the opportunity now to do it right now as young people. Amen. It was like, obey God and keep his commandments. Amen. Let's be on our feet.